0: It's no secret that real estate is one of the best investment vehicles out there, but how can we determine which strategies will best align with our financial ambitions? Well, you've come to the right spot. Whether you're an active real estate entrepreneur, a passive investor, or looking to get into real estate investing, our goal is to provide investors with the insights and strategies for building our portfolios all while protecting our capital. I'm Daniel Nichols, and this is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. On everybody, welcome back to the show. This is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Danny Nichols, and this week we have a very special episode for you. But before we get into it, please make sure to leave us a rating and written review on iTunes. These ratings and reviews are really what drive the show, so please just take a few moments and do that now. All right. So, like I said before, this week we have a very special episode. We've brought back some of our favorite guests to talk about getting started in real estate investing. You know. There are many ways to get into real estate investing, but what we've noticed after speaking with a ton of different real estate investors is there are some common fundamental steps in the process that every successful real estate investor encounters. So today, we brought back five great guests to talk about their experience when getting started and how you can follow in their footsteps. All right, so without further ado, let's kick this thing off and start with our first guest, Tim Lyons of Cityside Capital. But, you know, when we were first getting started, we heard over and over again uh, about the importance of knowing what your big why was, you know? And honestly, uh, I know I struggled with this initially, and uh, I think Chris might have as well. I mean, it was just just the idea of coming up with this big why, because it wasn't apparent to us at first what that reason was. And uh, But, you know, after hearing your story, can you talk a little bit about why it's so important to have that big why?
1: Yeah. I mean, so what's your big why? I mean, it's it's a great question. It's one that you hear on a ton of podcasts and on all the literature. Uh, and it's because, you know, on those days and or nights where you're like, man, like, uh, I thought I was going to be a real estate investor. I told myself I'm a real estate investor, but I don't have any properties or this is getting hard, or I don't understand how to get this done or I'm losing too many deals. You know, the idea is to have that big why in the back of your mind saying, well, you're doing this to create wealth for your family. You're doing this to be able to, you know, retire from the fire department and work in real estate full time and be home and build generational wealth. And, you know, when you start talking to yourself like that, it becomes clear. Like, <clears throat> I can either sit here at my desk and say this is too hard, um, and then go back on the couch and mm-hmm. pop in some uh, some microwave popcorn and start watching some Netflix, or I can get to work and I can go read another book, or I can go find a podcast, or I can go call somebody. I can find a mentor. I can do so many other things, but sit here and feel sorry and and that you know this is too hard, right? So. Uh, so, my why was, you know, I, when I got on the fire department, I, I got on at a time when the retirement system was like still ancient. So, I am, you know, grandfathered into a 20 year retirement. And I got on when I was really young, dude, like right out of college. So, I literally could retire at 20 years and have a whole other career ahead of me. And like, that's something that, you know, doesn't exist for a lot of people anymore. And I, I want to have my health. Like a lot of guys, you know, part of my why is a lot of guys getting cancer. And when I got on the job in May of 05, you know, guys who were getting cancer, it was like, well, you know, it was always 9-11 related. Guys would talk about 9-11, 9-11 this, 9-11 that. And, you know, it was so easy to sweep that under the rug. But what, we're, what we found, you know, is that young guys who weren't on the job 9-11 were getting cancer. And I can go into all podcasts on that, but you know that's part of my why. Like I want to be healthy. I want to be around for my kids. I want to, you know, I love my job. I I, I have insane amount of fulfillment from being a firefighter. I mean, there's there's no better guys. I love all of them. Um, But you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, you got to do what's right for you and your family. So that's it plays into my why. So so I, you know, I kick it back to the three family, right? I, I, I purchase it, I rehab it, I put a new roof on, new siding, uh, and I'm realizing how quickly everything adds up and how much time I'm spending. And my wife's like, I thought you were going to buy real estate so you could be home more. And I'm like, yeah, me too. Um, so <clears throat> You know i quickly realized that when i was all excited and i bought the first three family i said to my wife i'm like babe i'm like we're gonna buy 30 of these things and we're gonna be on easy street it's gonna be great and when i realized how much work it was being a landlord i was like holy cow like this is insane but at the same time i was getting an education i, I was learning how to do it i was learning how to put down you know uh luxury vinyl tile floor and and Doing sheetrock and all these things that I could do, but I never really wanted to, and whatever, I'd rather just pay somebody. Well, now I'm doing it by myself, and I'm painting, and it took forever, um, but it was great, right? So I get the I get the renters out in, in there, and cash flowing, and it's sick. And you know, we did a little better on our tax return, in, you know, this year. And my wife had that proof of concept, and so did I. Um, but I just also knew that it wasn't scalable, and you know, um, and quite frankly, I was going to run out of capital probably after my next purchase. So, and, you know, so then what? So am I going to start raising money for 100-year-old three-family properties? Um, you know, like, is that, a, is that a scalable model? So, you know, I'm back to the drawing board. Um, and obviously, this is all happening in the last, like, year and a half. So it's, like, an right. insanely quick timeline. Um, but I guess I just, like, I really committed to this, and I just was determined to figure it out. So I had heard about multifamily. I've been to meetups. People have spoken about multifamily when they got the spreadsheet out. I basically got glazed over and I was like, oh my God, like I can't do that. Um, You know, talking about, you know, picking a market and going after brokers and LOIs and deals and deal flow and, you know, and all this stuff. And I was like, man, that sounds super complicated. I just don't even want to talk about it. At the end of the day, I was like, you know what? I'm like, I need to look at that. So I did. I I started looking at multifamily, started reading all the books, getting onto the podcast, you know, crushing through material. And I, I quickly found that anybody who is anybody on the podcast that we hear, uh, they all had a, co- a coach or a mentor. And I had a lot of limiting beliefs surrounding that. I didn't think that I needed a coach or a mentor. I, I don't know what it was, but I was like, why can't I just figure it out on my own? I just figured out the three families. So, um, But I did, you know, so I talked to a bunch of people and started doing some networking through LinkedIn and Facebook. And um, everyone's like, dude, you got to you got to get onto uh, a mentorship program if you want to go and scale and learn this from the ground up and do it quickly. So I ended up um, I ended up vetting three different sponsors and uh, I ended up going with the Jake and Geno program. You guys know Jake and Gino from Global oh, yeah. Profits, right? Oh yeah. Um, and it was the single-handed best idea that I had in 2020.
0: Man, absolutely love hearing Tim's story about his reasons for getting into real estate investing and chasing financial freedom. And if, if you're considering getting started in real estate investing, or maybe you've just started the process, I want to stress the importance of establishing upfront the reasons why you're doing this. The truth is, you know, you're going to have tough days when getting started. Maybe you work a full-time job and you're finding it difficult to stay on track with everything that comes with the type of real estate investing you've chosen, or maybe you've got a deal under your belt, but you're having major issues with the property or even the tenants, right? Stuff happens. And uh, being able to fall back on the reasons you got into real estate investing in the first place can be a major boost when you need, need it the most. All right. Next up we have another great guest and Travis Watts from Ashcroft Capital. Let's hear what he has to say about why it's critical to really understand who you are as an investor when getting started. So can you speak on why it's so important to know like yourself as an investor like who you are as an investor? Why is that so important?
2: Yeah, well you're going to you're going to waste a lot of time like I did and you're <laughs> going to find yourself in things you're thinking what the hell am I doing? I was doing one a fix and flip. It wasn't even my first, believe it or not. It was like I think my second. I didn't even own an electric drill. Can you believe that? I'm doing a fix and flip, hands on. I don't own an electric drill. Obviously, red flag, right? Not the right thing for me to be doing. Why was I even doing that? Couldn't tell you. And you know, the margin I got out of it, I probably would have been better renting it out for like two years and just selling it and not doing a damn thing to the property. So it's, uh, it's, so why is it important? Well, everybody, whether active, passive, whatever, Uh, should first embrace the education side of it. Uh, I did a little bit. I had read some, you know, Robert Kiyosaki books and whatever, opened my mind a little bit, Uh, but I didn't do enough, you know, and back in 2015, when I made this big transition, I guess we go back up to 2009. There really wasn't a lot of, you know, podcasts and and these seminars and these conferences and these real estate meetup groups like there are today. Um, so today there's like no excuse. It's like, man, you've got endless resources surrounding you, you know, a thousand outlets to go learn this stuff for free. So do it, you know, we're past the information age, (laughs) you know, it's out there. Um, so, you know, and that gets you kind of the foundation. You need to kind of build the story for yourself, the reasoning, the rationale, the why for why real estate, why investing, why passive income, why equity? You got to understand that. Why save on taxes? you know, why give away all your money and taxes, like just these things, right, can come from these books, resources, podcasts, then you decide, okay, that makes sense. Uh, I, w- I want to move forward now. Now you've got to start balancing out the, uh, you know, the practical side of this, right? You have to take your first step, you have to toe dip into it. And you don't have to go as hardcore as I did, you could just do one rental and then see how it goes for a year or one syndication deal or whatever but it it is finding that equilibrium and that balance because man 2015 when I was like so burned out on on the single family stuff I I said to myself in January I said I'm reading a book a week that's 52 books a year I'm gonna do it I'm executing on it and and man I did it but I tell you that was kind of dumb and, uh, because it's like, you know, here's the fire hose, you know, and by December I'm thinking, wow, that was incredible. Except, uh, you know, what did I retain out of that? What was the practical t- takeaway? What's the lesson? What do I do? And, you know, I hadn't been taking action, um, nearly enough. So I wish I would have read like four books, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Studied them hard, gone deep. And then, you know, had the practical application to it. So, uh, that, that's why it's important to me and why I advocate for self-education books and podcasts. You know, I, I think you make some, uh, incredible points. Um, you know, once you have kind of like identified your, yourself, like your, your personality traits in terms of like what you want to get out of investing and, in, uh, the quality of life that you're looking for. Um, we also talk a lot about like risk tolerance. Yeah. And I, I was curious, like what kind of, techniques uh do you use that you might be able to help like some pointers uh for someone else you know trying to identify their risk tolerance yeah yeah it's a great point and it's hugely important too again self-reflection knowing yourself the last thing you want to do is get into this illiquid investment for five years and then realize wow that's really risky and i wish i could just get my money back and you can't or invest in you know some speculative stock and then it goes down 50% overnight and you're kind of hosed at that point. Um, So, yeah, again, I mean, there's there's plenty of books and and conferences and, and things like that. But at the end of the day, what I did was I said, okay, look, if I'm going to pivot, I have my, my reasons and my rationale built for single family initially, why I like that asset class, why it was right for me. I had kind of made that make sense, but I had to rewire and redesign that. And I said, okay, here's the deal. I love real estate and I know why. That's the, that's the big macro level. Now, if I'm going to be investing pretty much 100% of my portfolio in something and going all in with it, I better be smart about this. And I want to be investing in something that's going to be here in five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. This is a long term play. There's a lot of time commitment and energy on my behalf. So I can't be chasing the shiny object. I can't be going all in with Bitcoin, lose my money, go all in with this over here, lose my money. You know, all these, these things that that we get, um, you know, sold on or what have you marketed. So I did back testing. I said, okay, I knew what happened to real estate in the recession, right? I got started in 2009. Things were still actually going down then. So I saw it firsthand happening. Then I got in, it went down further. I I was aware of that situation. What I wasn't aware of was how multifamily held up. How did self-storage hold up? How did mobile home parks hold up? I had to go a little further out of my my little bubble and I had to start expanding on, on this stuff. And that is what gave me the confidence to move forward, to say, okay, I like value-add, fixer-upper, 1980s, 90s, early 2000s product, B-class properties, these particular states for these particular reasons. And I just kind of went high macro level, but I did a lot of research. And, and more importantly, I found uh, mentors. I found people that were 10, 15, 20 years beyond where I was at and obviously still <laughs> where I'm at. And, uh, and I talked to them. What happened to your portfolio in the recession? How did it hold up? What about the cash flow? What about the equity? I ask a lot of a lot of questions, and it is that whole process gave me uh, the confidence to to feel like you know I could identify my risk tolerance through this. And, and believe it or not, I'm fairly conservative. I like these stabilized deals that have long track records and history of performing. I don't do a lot of the speculative stuff. I have a portion of my portfolio that's sort of the the, the, the Bitcoin or whatever, you know, the experimental, I do all kinds of things, man, I've hit home runs and I've lost a ton of money. <laughs> so, you know, I keep that capped. But um, yeah,
0: that's kind of how I approach it. You know, Travis is spot on about taking the time to ensure we as investors know what we're getting into and what role we fit into. Like we've said many times before, there are a ton of different ways to get into real estate investing. If you're not careful, you could pick up a strategy that doesn't align with your personality or strengths. Which could cause headaches down the road, right? So really great stuff from Travis. Love hearing that. All right. Next up we have Bailey Kramer. And he and I dive into one of the most important steps in a real estate investor's career. And that's going from education to action and how to get it done. Let's hear what he has to say. Fantastic. So you went, you read the you read the purple book, you jumped on bigger pockets, right? What actions did you take from there to actually get started in real estate investing? You know, it's easy to say you can read a book and you can read all the information you want, but it's something right. else to you've you've taken action to actually do it. Can you talk to us about a little bit about that kind of that process and that journey?
3: Yeah, so it's it's it was a long process, long journey, and this is kind of what happened. So I read the book, I found bigger pockets just from learning, just from researching online. Found bigger pockets. First thing, I started listening to all their podcasts. I've always been kind of a podcast guy. So it was kind of a no-brainer. Just hop on their you know, listen to their podcast. And I was listening to multiple episodes every single day. And the coolest thing was I was learning a new concept in each each episode. I was learning fix and flip, wholesale, self-storage. And these were all brand new concepts to me at the time. So it kind of was like always very new and exciting. And after... Couple months, I want to say, of listening to podcasts, reading books, going to webinars, just kind of doing all like that, that free education type thing. I went back on Bigger Pockets and I started messaging people, and I'd message them and basically introduce myself and try to. My goal was to hop on a networking call with them, just to pick their brain, learn from them. Honestly, at the time, I didn't even know why I was exactly doing it. I just knew. <laughs> I learned a lot of things from just listening to things. I just, I just needed to talk to somebody. My family's not in real estate. I'm like, I just need to connect with people. I want to hear from the source. So I started connecting with people and um, that was, you know, literally a few months on bigger pockets networking with people, talking to people. And during that, that networking, there were a lot of people I talked to, super nice people, but there wasn't going to be any immediate benefit or effect or relationship that was really there but then the few people because it's kind of like a big funnel you talk to 100 people you're going to find a few really good ones that you're going to hold on to that's what happened to me so i found a few good people i mean everyone was good a good person but i found a few (laughs) few good people i connected with and then i ended up joining a mastermind group and kind of plugging into a community i started kind of expanding more of my network and my education, started a meetup group, started a podcast. And at this point, I'm still in what I call full on education mode, where I'm just networking, I'm just learning. And I just want to do whatever I can to just learn a network. So that was kind of the stage that I was at, really, even like six months after I I, I picked up um, Porta.
0: You know what, I think that's, uh, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, you've you've gone to networking, you've joined a mastermind, you started a podcast, you've done things in, in pretty quick time, you know, and I think that that speaks volumes to who you are and exactly you know what other people should be considering as well don't be idle you know take action and i think that's probably one of the biggest things and it seems like you have no issues with that you know a lot of people they have this they get this thing where they get stuck and you know we we can actually dive into that a little bit later but i do want to touch on one thing that you mentioned you know you started by networking can you touch on uh you know how important it was for you to actually take a leap and start networking and join a mastermind how important has that been in your success so far
3: it, it's been ever, everything, literally networking is everything. The, the reason why I started the podcast and the meetup group and joined the mastermind was all from people I met in through, through networking on bigger pockets and Facebook groups. That was literally it. It sounds almost sketchy in the beginning, but, and that's actually how I found my business partner today. I initially met him through a Facebook group, which that sounds like super sketchy and like, what? <laughs> what? that's weird, but, um, it's just crazy what networking can do because you could have all the education out there. I got pretty, after reading a bunch of books, listening to podcasts, I got pretty comfortable with the concept, you know, like a fix and flip. You buy a property that's under market value, you fix it up and you sell it. It sounds super easy, super simple, but those really technical aspects of it that you can't read in a book, that's when you need somebody who's more experienced. That's that's what helped me the most is partnering and being surrounded with experienced people. Because I understood the, the the base of it, but those really technical aspects of it, I had no idea. And I'm still, I'm still learning as as I go through each new property, new things. But um networking's been the biggest piece. And actually one of the things that helped me start the meetup group was I kept the list of everyone that I was networking with, initially in bigger pockets. And then when someone kind of said, Hey Bailey, you should start a meetup group. Have you thought about that? And I was like, Oh, okay, sure. I can no, let me let me do that. Um, I went through the group that I had the list of hundreds of people that I've been networking with over a few months time, I invited them all. And out of the hundreds of people I invited, 15 came for the first one. So it was like a nice, small, you know, it wasn't a thousand person event. It was nice and small, but I would never have been able to get 15 people there if it wasn't for the networking that I did months prior to that.
0: Yeah, I think that's, you know, that's, that's pretty fantastic. And I think a lot of people don't take into consideration the momentum that comes with when you start connecting with other people. And and just like you said, you might connect with a hundred different people on bigger pockets or Facebook who are in the real estate investing community, but they might not all be the right fit, but you might get one or two or three that are really going to take you to that next level that you really sync up with. And I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of limiting beliefs when it comes to a lot of parts of real estate investing, right? Uh, we can we can dive into that. Um, you know, I know when I first started in real estate investing, I had a number of limiting beliefs. You know, I didn't I didn't have the network, I didn't have the team, I, maybe I didn't have the financing, maybe I didn't have the knowledge. Uh, did you, you know, talk to us about your experience with limiting beliefs? Have, did you have any issues with limiting beliefs through this whole process? Um, and what did that look like for you?
3: Yeah, so for sure, the the, the first and the most maybe obvious limiting belief that I had, and a lot of people my age have, young young investors, is I'm not old enough to get started in, in real estate. Or what usually comes with young age is I don't have enough money to start in real estate. So those were two of the biggest limiting beliefs I initially had is I don't have enough money and I'm too young to get started. Um, those were two that, that, I, I, that gets a lot of people stuck, which is why... Um, I'm happy. I'm able to share it now with other people because the way I was able to get past those limiting beliefs was again, through networking. So by literally just talk, like when I said I was making those networking calls, I didn't really have any, any motive to it. I was just, I needed to talk to people. I needed to just chat and and learn from people who are doing it. From there, I got confidence from people They're like, wow, you're already getting started and you're 19. And at the time, like I was getting like looking back, that was my start, but I wasn't actually buying property then. I was just kind of networking with people. So um, the networking piece has been the biggest factor in crushing my limiting beliefs. It's just surrounding myself with those high-level people and and they're able to to raise you up as well.
0: You know, education is so important, not only when getting started, but also as we continue along our investing journey and really just in life in general, right? But there's only so much books and podcasts will give you. Uh, You know, in order to be successful, you have to make that next step and take action. And as Bailey suggested, networking is a great first step to become a successful real estate investor. You know, real estate investing is truly a team sport. So heed Bailey's experience and words of advice and get to networking and start taking real action. All right, next up we have none other than Gino Barbaro himself from the Jake and Gino group. And he gives us his top tip for getting started as a real estate investor. <laughs> say, you know, we have, you have an investor, somebody who's brand new, maybe they've done some real estate investing before, but they've never gotten the into the apartment game yet. Mm-hmm. If, if they're looking to get started, where would you suggest that they just start? Somebody active, wanting to get actively into, into passive, or I'm um, sorry, apartment investing.
4: It's a, it's a tough question it's and it's a great question. The first thing you need to do is just assess Honestly, what you have, what you can bring to the table. If you're young and you're starting out, you either pay to play or you seek to serve. I said this earlier to somebody. You're 23, 24 years old. You know what? I need a soda. Can you get me a soda? You do whatever you can for your mentor. You learn. That's one thing that I wish I'd done when I was earlier. I was in the restaurant business. I wish I'd gone and worked with other chefs. My father didn't allow me. Old school Italian immigrant, you're working with me. I wish I'd gone into other kitchens and seen how they prepared duck and how they'd done rabbit and, and how they ran their kitchens and how they ran their restaurants. I didn't have that opportunity because I got thrown into business and then I bought my own. Go out there, don't worry about what you're paying, worry about what you're learning because those are your formative years and work really hard at what you do. The tr- I call the Trinity work hard and work smart and then work with passion. You can't work with passion unless you're working really hard. You have to instill that, that, you know, that hard, that, that ethic of working is, is really, really important because multifamily is hard. I mean, when you first start out, you're going to get those calls at 10 o'clock at night when you have to go and take care I mean, I had the restaurant. I remember the we a fourplex every holiday, something would happen. The pipes would freeze, the oil would run out of the oil tank. It always happened when I didn't have the time to deal with it. So you just have to figure out, you know, where you are, how much capital you have, how much time you have to devote to it? What are your goals with getting to multifamily? Are you ultimately looking to transition to it full time? Or you know, Daniel, like you said, maybe you just want to become a limited partner, a passive investor, where you're just starting to put in thirty thousand in one deal, fifty thousand in another deal, and then all of a sudden three years later, you have like three or four or five hundred thousand or a million dollars of capital working into those deals and they start matriculating. They start selling and they start refining, whatever that looks like. So look internally what your goals are, what you're looking to do. If you're looking to do it full time, ultimately, I have to say you need to go. some type of coaching program and it sounds self-fulfilling because we do coaching at jake and gino but hey listen i practice what i preach i have probably spent over half a million dollars on myself just with coaching let alone i've probably read a thousand books if you go all do all the numbers between the life coaching and all that and you know ongoing i have a business coach right now because you don't know what you don't know how do you scale a business i never scaled a business before we have to learn how to scale a business and how to hire properly I never knew what a net promoter score was. What the hell is that? I never knew what top grading was. Well, if you want to scale a business, you have to learn that. And if you've never done it before, success leaves clues. Go find people who have done it. So if you want to get into single families, go find someone who's wholesaling deals and learn from them and learn how to get into the single family space. If you want to do multifamily, do the same thing. Go out there and find people who are doing it and get clear on what they're doing and learn from them.
0: Love the point Gino makes here about self-assessment. What can you bring to the table was the real question, right? Like we said earlier, real estate investing is a team sport. So it's absolutely important to understand where you fit and what tasks you're best suited for. Great stuff from Gino. All right, last but definitely not least, we bring back our friend Billy Keels from Keep On Cashflow as we talk about getting into long distance investing and actionable steps on how to build your team. Long distance investor, and the thing is, you know, we like to invest long distance, maybe not across countries, you know, but we do invest in different States, which is basically long distance. Right. Cause I'm not, I'm not seeing the property. I'm not buying the it property. Is not, not right. yeah. It is long
5: distance. Not, not basically. It is long distance. We're definitely yeah. on the same page. It is long yeah. distance.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, and there's a lot of people who are on board with this, you know, this kind of idea of, you know, investing, you know, long distance, but there are some people who just can't wrap their mind around it. You know, they're, they're very timid or, you know, they're wor- very worried about this. I want to talk about maybe, um, your first long distance investment, you know, can you talk to us a little bit about that and how you were able to like, if you had any sort of setbacks or anything, how you were able to cross that hump and get to that, that other side?
5: Yeah. So the, the, the very first one, I mean, cause all of mine have only been long distance, right? I mean, that, that's the only thing I've done. And I, I just remember after I read the, the little purple book that I was, you know, I didn't know even anything about lending right? I mean, I I knew that I had money because I'm a high wage earner and I had money in my account and I was tired of watching the roller coaster ride of the stock market. And so I was like, all right, this money I'm going to put to work. And so uh, I called back and I was asking like, how do I get lending? Because I wanted to understand it. And then we talked about fixed rate or variable rate and blah, blah, blah. and, And all of this over the phone, right? And so eventually um, I had, I understood more about the the different types of way, the different types of lending. And then the bank, the person that I knew from the bank actually introduced me to someone who was a general contractor, but the general contractor then introduced me to someone who was a, a, a realist, a realtor. And that realtor put me on this thing called the MLS. And so they put me on the MLS and then I was doing Zillow and then I was doing Redfin and I was doing all this research from Barcelona looking like different, different places. Well, primarily in one place, because there was I didn't have much of a selection criteria kind of like I do now, but of course when you get started you don't really know what you don't know, and eventually as I as I was looking and I made the purchase I started building a quasi team, and one day I I saw an opportunity on the MLS list that the realtor was sending me and it was a property that they were looking for and it was like ninety four thousand dollars a duplex and I did the math and I was like well I have this money in the bank and and so one. Thing led to the next. I ended up buying that property. It was like $77,000. I ended up putting another $20,000 into it. But I just made a decision based on the fact that I had like family that could get there relatively quickly so that everything went wrong, at least they could go bail me out. Like there was no more thought into it than that. And so the thing of it was, um, you know, Danny, was that particular property I learned so I made so many mistakes because I didn't know what I didn't know. Like I didn't even have a property manager. But I did know that, hey, listen, if something happens on this property, like people need to be able to call. So I ended up finding an answering service that was 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And then, you know, they talk about those 2 a.m. phone calls and all that kind of (laughs) stuff. Like I was getting some of those by a text message. Now, I had the six-hour time difference, so sometimes it was 2 in the morning for me, but it was actually only 8 o'clock or whatever. But I had to kind of figure that out. And then from there, I realized I didn't actually have a team, so I was on the phone and I was on the Internet. And then I would have to find people, and they were usually the most expensive people because I didn't have a team in place. And one thing led to the next, but by making these mistakes, I then started realizing, oh my goodness, well, I shouldn't have probably just looked at the property first, and then after I had the property, then figure out where's the team members, but then the team members actually knew the location or they didn't know the location, and then from there really what was I looking for? So I've kind of flipped it on its head, which is really now being crystal clear in terms of what it is that you're looking for from the benefits from real estate. So some people, as you guys know, are looking for either equity buildup over time. Some people are looking for tax benefits. Some people are looking for appreciation over a long period of time. And some people are just looking for cash flow. And then once you're personally clear on what it is that you want whatever investment, real estate, real assets to do for you, then you go, you go to the location that is going to give you the highest possible probability of being able to get your goal. And then once you do that, then you build the team. And as you guys know, and without a doubt, for me, the most important and critical, critical aspect or member or element is the team. Like that is especially for long distance investors. That is the part that will make you or break you as a successful long distance investor. Because then after that, once you're clear on what it is that you want at a personal level, you know where the location is that you're going to find that. And then you build the team. Then it doesn't really matter if you're putting a 300 unit apartment building, a duplex, a multifamily building, a piece of energy equipment, because everything's going to be aligned. And, and through my own trial and error, that's the process that I started putting into place, which is, okay, you get personally, what is it you want? Where's the location? Where's the team? And then what is the specific opportunity? So that at the end of the day, and this is my biggest thing, is return on, is the ROS, which is return on sleep. And there's nothing better than being able to sleep well at night. And as a long distance investor, you've, in my opinion, you have to have those four elements in place to get the best possible return on sleep. And even when you do get those four elements in place, there's still chances and reality is that things are gonna happen. So uh, hopefully that answers the question and just given my own little um, personal example.
0: Yeah. You know, I love that return on sleep. That's a, uh, that's spot on right there. I can jump on board with that for sure. And I think you bring up a lot of good points there, uh, Billy. And the one thing I really want to touch on is, you know, it's so important, especially in the investing we kind of, that we're into right now is, is the team, you know, it's so important to have those right pieces in place. Right. And so I'm curious, uh, and just, just from your experience, you know, building a team, you've gone through this, uh, trials and tribulations of this talk to us about some of the th- challenges you've had with building a team and how you have now become very effective at doing this successfully.
5: So I I have to admit that so as I've been in primarily sales and sales leadership for the last 23, 24 years in the corporate world, I have lots of experience in terms of being able to sell talent, not just, um, uh, you know, understanding people, understanding behaviors, understanding talent, how to develop talent. And so it was a really much easier, I would say it's still not uh, easy because we're, we're dealing with people at the end of the day. And anytime there's a people element, that's something that really takes and requires time. In focus, but I didn't start from scratch. So at least that was one of the things that I've actually really enjoyed, right? Because when you're in a corporate employee and I'm fortunate, like I'm a happy corporate employee, I put it on my LinkedIn website, like you can go there and check it out because I really genuinely like it. And then you start to realize that there's so many transfer transferable skills that you can learn in these really big companies so that when you are actually, like you have your own dream and you wanna build that, you're like, oh, well, you know what? Actually, I do know how to do this, this part. But as it relates to building a team, aside from being able to select talent, I think the biggest thing is then is really being able to say, OK, well, the, the team is here. But how do I develop the relationship? How do I check and make sure that this is the person that I actually want to be committed to for a long time? And I the way that I look at it, it's no different than any other really quality relationship that you have in your life. When you're long distance, you probably and this is probably going to sound really familiar to you guys. You meet someone either on, um, on a Zoom session, because that's what we're doing a lot nowadays, or you may be at some event, and you meet that person at the event, you exchange your cards, you need to talk, and you remember something unique, and then you follow up. If you're not following up, then your chances are you're not gonna really have a good relationship anyway. But you wanna do it in a timely manner. You wanna make sure that you're doing and you're talking about things that were relevant to the conversation that you had, and that's usually through email. And then the email goes to another email, and then that usually eventually gets to a, hey, listen, we want to have a call, wanna talk a Zoom. And then that's the next step in the relationship. And then you're saying, hey, you're you're getting to know one another, you're finding out things and then you have another call and then you're starting to then get into the business or you're starting to look at where the opportunities where you can actually best help one another. Right. Because it needs to be something that's a mutual benefit to both parties. And then from there, it's just like any other relationship. There's going to come to a, a certain point. Where you have to show that you really want to be engaged or committed to the relationship. And so it's a matter of then taking that time, getting on an airplane, getting on a train, getting on whatever the case may be to actually build the relationship over the long term and then make those commitments. And whether those are signing certain documents, asking really, really tough questions through due diligence on both sides of the equation. That I mean, it's just the natural progression. So there, I don't think there's a like a special kind of trick thing to to building a, a team, but it's about understanding, identifying what you need, finding, seeking that person out and then developing a strong relationship. And that's something that takes time. There are definitely things you can do to accelerate the relationship, but it is a natural process. And each party has to put in their work in order for it to uh, to be a mutually beneficial relationship for both.
0: Wow. Great stuff from Billy. If you're considering getting into long-distance real estate investing, I highly recommend you go back and listen to this clip again. Maybe a few times, actually. Billy brings up some great points about getting started and how to build a team, and that nugget about return on sleep is pure gold. All right. So if you're in the early stages of your real estate investing career, I hope you were able to take away some great tips from these successful investors. I know I did, and I continue to learn from these great guests even as I progress in my real estate investing career. Okay, so that's all we have for this week. Once again, thank you for tuning into the show. Make sure to connect with us on social media where we're putting out some great content from the podcast. Or if you're interested in passive investing, head over to our website to get our passive investing guide at twosmartassets.com. And make sure to tune into next week's episode. Talk to you then. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.